Most provinces have been forced to return to various modified lockdowns in an attempt to slow growth in cases. Manitoba recently becoming Canada's hotspot and was forced to close all non-essential businesses and ban social gatherings. Toronto going through a similar initiative as well. Even Alberta, where a government has previously been really resistant in changing their public health measures or, or making them any stiffer, they're now trying to avoid overwhelming hospitals as well. And the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives has an idea saying that BC should lead the country in adopting a COVID zero strategy. Pleased to welcome now research associate with the CCPA BC office and the author of this latest piece, Andrew Longhurst. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing well. Good to be with you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. So before we get into sort of what adopting a strategy might look like, I think it's important probably to define exactly what a COVID zero strategy is. So I'll start with that. What is COVID zero? What does that mean? Sure. So it's really um, an approach that means working aggressively to get your cases as close to zero as possible with the goal of elimination and uh, really eliminating domestic transmission. And so it's really a broad term um, because it does, it's not always possible to fully eliminate domestic transmission or transmission in the community, um, but it is uh, increasingly a rallying cry um, among um, doctors, epidemiologists, and um, really based on the growing evidence of the countries and jurisdictions that have performed the best, and those tend to be in the Asia Pacific, including Australia, New Zealand, and others. Now, you know, your piece, it talks about the mitigation approach that we're taking right now, uh, which you say kind of lacks clear goals other than avoiding health system collapses until vaccines are widely available. Now, with that in mind, you know, you look at some of the the anti-mask protests that are going on, and if you listen to them, it sure sounds like our whole lives have been completely destroyed by the current measures that are actually in place. So you're kind of proposing that we go a little bit stricter here, right? A little bit stiffer, um, have things a little bit tighter to the vest, I mean, I, I imagine, and we'll get into some uh, how that actually works, but even just the proposal to me, I'm, I don't disagree with what you're trying to propose here, but I don't feel like there's going to be an appetite for it. As you were putting this together, did you kind of look, think about it and say, I don't know if anyone would go for this, even though it is probably the best way forward? There's no question that, that this would be challenging, but I do think what we're seeing in Western Canada here in B.C., Uh, and in central Canada is um, the reality that we're going to have to take and we're already seeing a lot of those stricter measures um, be required um, to to address um, the explosive growth in cases, um, the hospitalizations, um, more and more people in ICU. So I think in many ways, we're already having to um, move into um, what we might call a modified lockdown, even if it's not often called that. And so um, what we've seen in other jurisdictions is they, um, they were very clear and explicit in the fact that they wanted to work towards um, aggressive suppression or uh, elimination under the COVID zero banner. And um, they used that period of lockdown with fairly strict measures. Um, I think there's debate uh, even among those that are um, advocating a COVID zero approach, how strict it needs to go. I think certainly uh, we want to keep all essential businesses open, childcare facilities, 
schools, um, essential public services, um, but really um, minimize the social interactions and um, where possible have people working from home and use that time of, of a time-limited lockdown to build up a more robust system of testing, tracing, isolating, and supporting uh, social supports for people. Um, and that's very much what a lot of those jurisdictions have done. So I'll take the example of um, the state of Victoria in Australia. Um, this is the state that Melbourne uh, is located in. And um, they went into a lockdown for 111 days and um, they came out of that. That was modeled to be the time that was necessary to eliminate domestic transmission. They had a whole number of other measures int intended to, um, to ensure that anyone coming into the community was going through a mandatory quarantine period. Um, there were restrictions on regional travel, on non-essential travel. And what they did is they came out of that period and now they have gone over 35 days without seeing a, a, a domestic case. And so there obviously um, it doesn't have to be as, and many would argue, doesn't need to be as restrictive as what Melbourne did. Um, but increasingly we're seeing that we're having to, to move back into severe uh, restrictions but in, in much of Canada, we haven't set a clear goal in terms of um, aggressively suppressing and getting our case numbers as close to zero. And so that's really, I think, um, what we're seeing is these challenges of continuing to open up too quickly and then lock down are going to continue to play out, I think, if we don't reevaluate our current approach within Canada. And I should say, with the exception of the Atlantic provinces, where they have taken um, much more of a COVID zero approach with um, with how they've handled um, the pandemic response. Okay, so I think you kind of laid everything out pretty well there. Your your piece talks about basically six steps that need to be taken in order to achieve a COVID zero plan. And I think you kind of touched on them all, talking about the robust testing system that needs to be in place, imposing a time-limited lockdown, um, a, you know, uh, rapidly scaling up our testing capacity, uh, needing uh, employers and officials to uh, continue to foster a deeper commitment to, to occupational health and safety and mask wearing. Um, fifth, we need BC to lobby the federal government to take leadership in developing COVID zero framework, which of course, uh, you know, I don't know if that would be coming via the, the federal government. They're sort of leaving it up to the provinces to kind of do their own thing on that. And then the fa last part was uh, leading public health researchers to have the case for a COVID zero approach in light of the unknown long-term implications of long COVID. And I have a couple other questions for you, but that was one thing that as I was kind of reading through this kind of stood out to me, and it's not something that I don't think has been talked about a whole heck of a lot, is this idea of long COVID. So maybe Maybe I'll just start by getting you to, to give me your definition. How do you understand what long COVID actually means and why is this something that, you know, we need to be worried about? And that's why we're sitting here talking about vaccines starting to be delivered uh, across the country. Yes, at a very small scale, but it's still providing some hope for people right next week. Um, but maybe that's not the be all end all. We've been kind of told that, but nonetheless, it provides a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. But what are the concerns as it relates to long COVID that we could be dealing with here in the future? Yeah, well, I think well, I should first say I'm not a I'm not a physician. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm a health policy researcher. But um, what we have seen emerging, and from the literature, scientific literature, and uh, increasing.
increasing media coverage of long COVID, I think it's a real concern. I think these challenges and the potential burden that this places on our healthcare systems and society um, it should not be taken lightly. And I think uh, certainly working towards aggressively suppressing um, and, and or eliminating uh, COVID transmission um, in the community means that you're, you're, you're going to reduce the number of cases and um, the prevalence of those that are suffering from long COVID. And so what we've seen um, is a number of different um, long-lasting symptoms, even after people are no longer um, uh, testing positive for COVID. So again, things like brain fog, uh, memory issues. Um, we've also heard reports of people continuing to have um, uh, sporadic fevers. So there are enough and just aches and pains, um, respiratory challenges. So there, there is enough um, that we know. And again, we, we're learning more every, every month and every day. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, those concerns um, and the implications, this is still a very new disease. And so I think, um, you know, we need to take that as seriously as possible. And so really working um, to minimize the amount of domestic transmission that we're seeing in Canada um, in light of um, all of this emerging evidence uh, should be taken really seriously. Um, I guess when you were putting this kind of proposal together, Andrew, was there any thought about how a, a vaccine is implementing or affecting this potential move? Like if we were to adopt the COVID zero strategy, I'm sure there's a lot of arguments to be made for why having that going, working in hand in hand with a vaccination program makes a whole lot of sense. But I mean, with a with a vaccine program, you know, seemingly imminent here and a COVID zero strategy, something that it would, would make sense, right? You've talked about other examples and why it's been effective in other jurisdictions around the world. Do you think there's some middle ground maybe that could be achieved? Because I don't think anyone's going to go for this complete COVID zero strategy, no matter how much it does make sense. Um, and, and, you know, vaccinations can't be the be all end all. So do you think there's some sort of, um, you know, scaling, uh, balancing here that can work between these two, two issues, having a vaccination program and going with maybe a modified COVID zero? Is that even an option for you, do you think? Or is that something that shouldn't even be considered? Well, I think there's a really good reason to be optimistic about what we're seeing uh, with the vaccine developments um, in, in just a matter of days. Um, and we will know more um, going forward in, in uh, a short amount of time. So I'm optimistic. I think there's lots of reason to be optimistic. But I would say even with all of this good news that we're hearing, um, and as vaccines start to roll out um, based on the prioritization of um, those that are most vulnerable um, and are going to be first in line for inoculation, um, we still have many months to go of COVID. And I think um, it would be um, a mistake to think that we can place all of our hope um, in in vaccines and and let go of all the public health measures. Mm -hmm. that's, I, I, that's simply not the case. So I think in, in, in putting forward a COVID zero approach, it would mean that most likely we're gonna have, a, it's, you know, we will have a challenging winter and I think we're seeing that taking shape. So putting in a number of these measures now 
which uh, we're very likely to have to pursue anyway as we see cases um, uh, creep up or, or I should say um, explode in a lot of provinces and the challenges there. So I think in many respects we're actually going to have to be implementing a number of um, the key principles of a COVID zero approach anyway. And my, my response would be let's, let's be very clear and let's go all the way and do it comprehensively so that we come out of this winter in much better shape with very low um, or uh, no domestic transmission, get cases as close to zero as possible um, in order to prevent um, and so we have a fighting chance at not having subsequent uh, waves of COVID. And I think even with vaccines coming online, um, I still think we're going to continue to have um, we're going to continue to have uh, cases um, if we don't continue to be thoughtful and thorough in how we're implementing a lot of these public health measures. And it's not to say that we haven't been that public health officials and um, those um, in in leadership haven't been taking the situation seriously. I'm not at all suggesting that, um, but I think we need to be. Um, very thoughtful in taking the lessons from a number of these jurisdictions and and really going all the way and implementing them in order to bring cases down. And so far, for example, um, we're still seeing a lot, you know, we're having outbreaks as a result of inter, non-essential interprovincial travel. So is there an opportunity to rethink that as we're, we're seeing really uh, very concerning, concerning numbers here in BC, but especially in Alberta. So I think there's a whole number of issues where we, you know, where we can look to what's been done in other jurisdictions around um, quarantine protocols uh, for uh, interstate or interprovincial travel, domestic movement, um, and also ensuring that our testing capacity is ramping up um, as we increase, need to increase our surveillance. And I think one of the issues that we're seeing across uh, Western and Central Canada is as cases see the significant growth, um, our, our surveillance and our ability to understand how the, the virus is moving within and transmitting within our communities is becoming more and more difficult. And so contact tracing isn't able to get to, you know, a significant share of um, cases within the community. So all of this is much easier when your cases are much closer to zero. Andrew, I think there's a lot there. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate this. It's a, it's a concept I would have been, uh, you know, all, all for, especially back in the early days of the pandemic. Not sure how I feel about it now, but still something worth considering. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak to it. So, so thank you so much for this. It's great to talk with you. Thanks so much. All right, that was Andrew Longhurst, research associate with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, and the author of the paper entitled, BC Should Lead the Country in Adopting a COVID-Zero Strategy.